0: Come away with me, and I will write you a song. Come away with me on a bus. Come away where they can't stand us with their Where the yellow grass grows near high So won't you try to come Come away with me And we'll kiss On a mountain top Come away with me And I'll never stop Loving
1: Absolutely. Um, this is the chapter where a lot of questions are answered in rapid succession. Um, SR really knows how to uh, turn the plot, and I think uh, Chapter 40 is a real uh, culmination in the story arc. Uh,
2: that's that's very true. You can, can you hear me now, Benny? It helps normally when you turn the volume up. <laughs> and not have it all the way down <laughs> at the bottom. <laughs> so, welcome everyone.
1: <laughs> yes, I'm so happy everyone could join us today. I see Kenzie just joined, Lori, Annette, Karen, and Betty, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, This is Leslie, and I'm with Pam on the sunny, ha, ha, ha <laughs> not so sunny in our part of the world. Um, we are in Pennsylvania, as many of you know, Um. And we are in the midst of uh, another snowstorm. It's three to six inches. I know Karen has been posting her lovely pictures from western Pennsylvania. Um, And I'm hopeful that some of you are not in this uh, cold misery. (laughs) But um, I was looking forward to this podcast all day.
2: Yes, I was too. And just to get out of this, it's changed to rain here. That's good. And uh, I was out shoveling the walk before it became rain so that I, when it did rain, it wouldn't create a big puddle. But <laughs> what can I tell you?
1: That's, so we, we, that's we true. were following from, <laughs>
2: from Pittsburgh to Harrisburg to Philadelphia for this today.
1: <laughs> and going up to see Betty, I think, that's, in New York.
2: That's it. That's it. Mm-hmm. And she's already started eating chocolate to cope with the crazy weather and I think tomorrow's supposed to be pretty nice too.
1: I know I'm I'm hoping Lori please tell me it's sunny and beautiful in Texas (laughs) you always make me happy when you say it's warm I'm not jealous I well I am a little jealous but it makes me happy that there are people in the world that are not freezing (laughs) so (laughs) And, uh, uh... and And (laughs) And I'm glad, Kenzie, we missed you last week, Kenzie.
2: We did. We did. And Kenzie's hoping one of her favorite authors uh, she's meeting tomorrow doesn't get canceled because of the weather. Fingers crossed.
1: Definitely. Yes, Kenzie, who are you meeting? Mm
2: -hmm. That would be interesting to find out. I know Deb Harkness just had a kid. She was supposed to be in Tucson this weekend, and she had to cancel out. So she put Mm. that out. And I saw that uh, Niles Leonard, or Nile Leonard, is going to be at Book Bonanza with another author, E.L. James. And I have a feeling, ah. uh, Nina's going to be there, too, for some reason. I could be wrong, but
1: yeah. When is that?
2: Uh, August. It's in, I believe it's it's in Texas. I'm not sure whether it's Dallas or Houston.
1: oh susan
2: denard she's going to meet
1: nice that's gonna be great i hope the weather holds and that the signing is still in actually i know probably part of the issue is whether or not susan denard can make it to you Mm -hmm. um because all the airline uh, cancellations but i'm hopeful for you kenzie please let us know and uh, she yeah, said, I may make, make a trip to Texas to meet Nina. That would be so much fun.
2: That would be. She said she's a funny lady. She's a funny lady.
1: <laughs>
2: and our author is going to, has been kidnapped by Nancy Kane, his biggest stalker, <laughs> tomorrow for from 11 to 1130 on her Kane Razors uh, uh, Facebook page. So that should be interesting.
1: Oh, that'll be fun. Mm-hmm. It's a, uh, it's 11 to 11.30 a.m. Eastern Time or p.m.? Eastern
2: Time. A.m. Eastern Time.
1: I still so. need to read her. I have not read a book from her but, yet, but it's oh, on it's my
2: twice. list. It was good. I loved it. Uh, you know, Mar- mm-hmm. Marcello. <laughs>
0: Marcello.
2: Oh, and, what's uh, not to she, love. Yes. <laughs> she's got another book coming up. Um, I have that on pre-order. It's coming out next month. I'll have to ask right
1: Yeah, know. I knew. I knew. I saw that she was talking
2: about a, a book
1: coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, and speaking of books coming up, and Kenzie just said, Nina's amazing. She is. And I'm hoping to, I can't wait to read her next book, um, which I'm sure is still in the works. Um, I think SR is keeping Nina quite busy lately.
2: Yes, I'm, a, I'm a sure he has.
1: There's <laughs>
2: so much going on. I mean, he's got obviously the the little chat tomorrow. He's got the new book coming out in December, and everything getting together with the movie. Uh, he's hoping to see a script soon, which would be good, because once there's a script, they can start casting.
1: Oh my gosh, is, so just, exciting.
2: So exciting. Uh, but I know that uh, The Man in the Black Suit is coming out uh, in different languages. It'll be Uh, coming out in the czech version by albatross media and that's due in may sometime uh the florentine series is being translated into italian by del rey Edizioni in milan Uh, and the prince will be released in april and the raven in october uh there's a french version coming out and that's uh by ada editions of quebec Uh, I don't have any dates given on that yet and SR suggests that anybody who wants the Italian version of the man in the black suit uh, to contact Del Rey, Edzione, in Milan and because they give way to readers who voice you know if there's enough people asking for it then you know they'll step onto it.
1: I think that's so cool. Um, And Betty, Betty noted she's been missing a few days, and she feels like she's missed so much. And she says, I need to clone myself to, in order to catch up with everything. Uh, Kenzie had referenced the book uh, show. Karen had said she's not sure if there are tickets still available for Book Bonanza. Yeah, I don't know whether there were um, I'm not sure either. Um, in terms of the – Tuska already said that uh, the – Gabriel series is going to, is going to be a series series. indeed, not just a film. Mm -hmm. And Kenzie says, I hope we find out, um, when the script is done about that. Um, so Karen, thanks for the heads up. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a series. So excited about that because we need a series. Uh, We can't just, we can't just have this in two hours, right? No, we need, we need as much as we can. And Kenzie's so nervous about the casting. I'm having faith. I have have,
2: faith. You know, Tuska mentioned in a uh, Facebook chat she had about a month ago um, that they work with specific casting directors. And Mm -hmm. that, you know, once they have a script, and uh, like I guess they put a description of the characters together and they send it all to the casting agent and then she sends out for headshots and gets as much information as she can and once somebody reads and auditions then the decisions can be made. Um, I, not to disappoint anybody because even said that some of the big names like Henry Cavill or uh, David Gandy um, are n- not going to be considered unfortunately. Um, I know that there was one somebody was looking forward to. He's a Canadian actor. Two, two canadian mm-hmm. actors that both would be good um and one of them thomas and i forget his last name off the top of my
1: head oh yes he's not i available. know i i'm so sad he's not available but because man and be i saw him i thought wow but there's
2: this other guy um something di Tommaso or tomasi i think his name is dominic
1: oh that's the one he's i was actually thinking of. nice
2: looking too might be yes yeah. i just worry about the age ranges to be very I do with too.
1: you i do too yeah. i i'm very concerned I'm, I'm concerned about that i'm almost hoping that it's a relative unknown um that is discovered through this i right. think that would be very That'd exciting be um uh kenzie said uh she's happy about the series. I'm more a film watcher than a TV show, but it gets all the little details of SR novels. And Betty says, I was thinking maybe Josh Harney as Gabriel. Harnett. Maybe he could wear contacts. Harnett. That's yeah, well, right.
2: that's just it. Anybody can wear mm-hmm. the contacts. I, he would be a nice choice. I, unfortunately, I think he's in the upper tiers of their budget for casting. So that, you know, that's the right. other thing, because they're the budget for passionflix movies like hallmark movies is less than usually less than $5 million. So, and if this mm-hmm. is a series, you know, who knows what that's going to be. But I, you know, and getting Julia right and getting Betty's Paul right
3: is important.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. But it it's going to uh, be something to look forward to going to be exciting times in the next few months coming up
1: yes 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 and in the chat room they're mentioning about thomas not being available joss harnett from pearl harbor Mm -hmm. kenzie likes joseph even though he looks a little younger than gabriel um i know betty darn budget wouldn't it be great if someone won like the lottery (laughs) Hey, you know, and I they, keep playing. They could message SR
2: and say, Hey I keep
1: playing we're willing to put up the, the bucks for you know for uh,
3: Henry. These $100
2: million budget <laughs> or uh, lotteries. I'd be willing to put ten million into it. I, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think you could have would that be great? You could have some uh you could have some strings attached to your contribution like yeah, this
2: must go to the Gabriel series. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, and must uh, uh, Pam must be present uh, at the casting. Uh, Pam has final
2: say. And <laughs> no, no, well, no, no, I won't Not go Not final. Far. Pam I won't has. go that far. But if I'm giving you this money, I'm giving it to you for the purpose of SR's series. So, yes,
1: yes, yeah, so. yes. They and Betty said they need to do the series for. The love of Art and Dante. <laughs> yes. Kenzie said, Joseph liked my comment on Gabriel. I told him about to it on his Instagram post. I remember you mentioned that. And and that says, OMG, Daniel D. Tomasi said that he would love to be considered for this. I remember seeing that. I, I remember that, seeing that too, And that made yeah. me very, very, very excited <laughs> just because I think he would be very good. But again, I need to really see these guys act. Um, I haven't watched a lot of his clips to, to get a sense of if he can handle the complexity of that character. Because Gabriel is. He's a very complex. Uh, he's very character.
2: complex. All of SR's um, male characters are complex. You I know. know. He,
1: you know he, Betty said she read that Army Hammer film, Call Me By Your Name for a Small Paycheck, because he loved the story so much. You know, Betty, I keep thinking about that too. Like maybe someone would be so um, thrilled with the, the, the character. And would be so in- intrigued by playing this character. That they might That it. they would, might waive some of their typical fee.
2: And a lot of actors um, will
1: do that. Yes. You know? Yes. Yeah. Karen said, and Professor Picton and Richard need to be right also. Absolutely. Absolutely. KK. We need and Richard to be perfect for Pam.
2: Yes, we do. I'll I'll, <laughs> perp, I'll make myself open for our auditions. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Kenzie said Daniel would be incredible. I'm screaming about that. <laughs> and that says Daniel's been in major crimes and he was in drama too. Mm-hmm. Um yes, absolutely yes. Yeah. So, so now that we're all jazzed up about this series, <laughs> I cannot wait for the script to be done. I know. Um and the and the casting to begin. Oh, I could be <laughs> Professor <laughs> Picton. <laughs> <laughs> swallow. I love that line. I think you could pull off the Professor Picton, Betty. (laughs) I mean, Pam. I think Betty's suggestion is great. Kenzie agrees.
2: It would be fun. It would be fun. (laughs) Where do I go to study acting now? (laughs) Get an agent. (laughs) Uh, I'll I'll talk to my friend Flory. She's got an equity card. Maybe she can point point me to the right direction.
1: (laughs) There you go. So, no K. K. says, "As ghosting. popular as the series, and that just might not happen." I think you're referring to uh, a big star waving the dollars. You yeah. never know, Karen. You know,
2: yeah, you know. You never know. You know, Michael. Uh. Kane, Michael Caine once said, in, in an interview, he plays um, these movies that are that he felt were kind of stupid to get the big uh, check. So that he could go and do the smaller films that he really, really loved doing.
1: So you never know. Mm. Oh, gosh, Lori, I just saw your text or your message. She, Lori has to go. Her mom just called. She has fallen. Please take, take, take care. care we hope that she's well. Mm-hmm. Hugs to you, Lori. Um, you can always listen to our silliness um, post-podcast. Take care. Right. Oh, gosh. That's too bad. Lori, that's resonating with me. That happened to me a couple weeks ago, but my mother was in my house when she fell. So it's it's just a horrible feeling to um, get that call. Yeah. So hopefully she will be doing better and she can listen to us later and know that we're all thinking about yeah. her. And
2: laugh at all our silliness.
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly. So... so. Oh, I think we've... we've talked about the SR, all the SR news. Mm-hmm. I do think we need to share our little news about our, our meager little podcast.
2: Our meager little podcast will be one year old. Next
1: Can you week, believe it, ladies? <laughs>
2: a full year. <laughs> so next week we're going to do a special program. And we will have a giveaway. SR has been kind enough to send us a year, uh, a year, send us (laughs) a signed book, and uh, which we'll be giving away after the podcast. So, yay!
1: Yay. Yes, look, look for look for the info on Twitter and Facebook. Um, It kind of uh, is hard to believe it's been a year. Yes, kind of snuck snuck up on. (laughs)
2: Really snuck, snuck up, up on, on me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Um, So we're really, really excited. The actual date is the 21st of February, mm-hmm. was our first podcast with uh, with the, the the genius himself, mm-hmm. Sylvain Reynard. Uh, he was gracious enough to be our guest,
2: I guess I our guess. first
1: guest, and we were glad that he was our first. I, I had s- to say it. You know I had to say it. I couldn't glad, hold back on that. yes.
2: I'm so glad he was our first.
1: And I'm so glad we can say that.
2: Yes, and I think we should do. I think we should do a graphic with the fox, and Glad uh, and, uh, yeah. the sexy fox.
1: I, I I think that's a great idea.
2: <laughs> donuts in the will keep...
1: <laughs> We will be keeping it clean. Yes, Candy. Yes. Uh, time to party, donuts and laughter.
2: Yeah. Um, uh, uh, yeah. Well, I uh, do have some Jameson, so that I might have to. Uh, mm. them. So, yes, I, a bottle, I know. So,
1: <laughs> <laughs> Jameson would be a nice a celebratory. Or we also could raise a glass of uh, vodka and tomic vodka, ragu- tonic, some tonics mm-hmm. for our beloved Nicholas. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Yes, but spread the word. Um, let uh, if you when you see our tweets, uh, let people know that next week we are doing it regular time mm-hmm. um, Wednesday, five p m. Eastern. and, and uh, but the the chance to win the signed ver- edition signed cop, is yeah. going to be available for everybody.
2: That's right. internationally. So
1: exactly. Which is great. So, Annie. Yes. So with that, I think we're ready to begin. I think so too. Our, and
2: Betty, You're right. He tugs does take pride in being the first.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's so, very gay. It's very Gabriel of him. Don't you
2: very think. Very Gabriel. By the way, they, by the way, <laughs> Gabriel and Julia were in Boston this week. Just in case you needed to know.
1: <laughs> oh yes, for Valentine's right.
2: No, no, I asked how you were were doing post-Valentine's. Probably back at work getting ready for lectures and what have you. Mm,
1: That's true. Mm -hmm. (laughs) A professor's work is never done. That's true. That is true. (laughs) I love it. Anyhow. (laughs) I think Pam's practicing. She's ready for her close-up.
2: I just love that word. I think it's cool. (laughs) silly but true it's awesome and i have been to the bird and the baby and i could say codswallop in there and anybody who had read the book would know what (laughs) i was doing so
1: (laughs) i love it i love it so we're going back uh as you know we split the chapter two parts because there was so much going on um and it, there was actually a, a natural break because Acacia fell fast asleep. So we begin part two as Acacia opens her eyes. Uh, she looked up and saw the canopy over the bed. Nicholas was sitting in the chair. He got up and removed his jacket. She had wondered how long she had been asleep. And she was still actually in her dress and stockings. She just kind of passed out after her stressful um, situation. Nicholas had told her she'd actually been asleep for about two hours and that it was after 5 p.m. Nicholas tried to explain that the shock and her adrenaline, um, the shock of the situation um, really made her adrenaline just plummet. And uh, Acacia also suggested that it could have been the vodka and tonic. And of course, vodka and tonic is, is always lovely. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think Akasi was a little suspect at this. And she asked him, had he given her anything? And what about my mother? So before I go on, I, I do see in the chat room that uh, Betty mentioned that she needs to spy. She means catch up on Paul. He's been quiet for some time. Maybe he's in hiding and Kenzie said, imagine Paul meeting Claire <laughs> and, and Paul. Godfather Paul. That could be interesting. And wouldn't it be funny if that's something that happens in the book? Just saying, it's a possibility. I could see Julia pushing for it, but I don't know if Gabriel would go for it. Off to see. So back to Nicholas and Acacia, and Acacia waking up and Trying to figure out why she was knocked out like she was, and he, she asked Nicholas point blank if he had given her anything. <laughs> yeah, Betty, I see. I would pay big money to see Gabriel's face when Julie announces Paul is the godfather. <laughs> <laughs> Kenzie, <laughs> so I'm hoping Gabriel, Gabriel can suck it. Suck it. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently he can. Um, True. We digress. High five, Kenzie. I think it would be nice. I don't know if I don't know how Paul would. I don't know how Paul would feel about that. I think he'd be very conflicted. Um, besides, is there enough room for a godfather when you have a godmother like uh, Professor Picton? I don't know. You um, never know. <laughs> so we asked SR about this uh, uh, interaction with Nicholas and Acacia. Why did Acacia think Nicholas sedated her? when she awoke from her two-hour slumber. Sr said, I think this had to do with how she was feeling and how deep her sleep was. I could see that. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, I've, I know that... You can I, be so disoriented when you wake up, when you're really, really out. I understand yeah,
2: that. It's happened. I mm-hmm. won't deny it. I've taken naps, and I'm like, oh, my God, you know, it's only like, you know... That thirty-minute nap that turned out to be two and a half hours, and what the hell was exactly. I Exactly. Mm-hmm.
1: And you wake up and it's dark, and you think it's the next morning, but it's really like six yeah. o'clock. I, yeah. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. I I get it. I totally do. <laughs> Betty, the Battle of the Godparents. <laughs> that could be a whole other story. That could be a whole Battle other book. Battle of the network stars. <laughs> <laughs> so Nicholas responded. Oh. Well, actually, we also asked SR um, about the discussion with her mother. And uh, we asked him, why does Acacia continue to blame herself for her mother being in danger, even after Nicholas arranged for her to go to safety? SR said, Acacia believes that she has exposed herself and her mother to her father and his intelligence network. She doesn't believe anyone can keep them safe. And I think that's true. I I think she has such a fear of her father, and she feels like he is almost inescapable.
2: And I'm sure, you know, since childhood, she's been brought up with that, too.
1: Mm -hmm. Her
2: mother probably reinforcing that in her.
1: Well, it's a safety Mm -hmm. um, mechanism, right? Yeah. You have... um, especially when you're dealing with a small child, you want to make sure there's no room for error. Right. So she probably really emphasized it. So Nicholas responded to Acacia that he had not given her anything, and the drink may have been strong, but she needed it. And he noted that she had been shaking life belief. And uh, Betty mentioned, poor Acacia, she feels responsible for her mom's safety. And she does. She does. She really does. And she's done everything to protect her mother. And I'm sure, um, as we read, she's just devastated by this whole situation. But Nicholas reminds her that her mother now is in a safe house in Manaus. Acacia wanted to talk to her. And Nicholas said she could, but he would not recommend it right now because she was not in the best of moods. Acacia said her mother probably blames her for what happened and would not forgive her. Nicholas thought that this was nonsense. How could you know he would be here? It wasn't your fault. And, um, yeah, Acacia did, was knocked down with the drink. Mm-hmm. But I think I think it really was just her overall adrenaline yeah. just zapping her energy.
2: That will do it.
1: So it, it really will. And she was out, she was really out for the count. So Acacia asked if the meeting went well, and she asked Nicholas if he went back. And Nicholas kind of downplayed it and said, don't worry about it. How did you feel, Acacia? How are you? She said, drained and upset. And Nicholas turned more serious, and he said to her, I need to tell you a few things. Are you feeling up to it? So again, once again, Nicholas demonstrates his sensitivity and his tenderness and his overall gentlemanliness um, when asking uh, and interacting with her, which, again, I just think he's such a fabulous character. I, I, I just, um, the more I read and reread this um, book, the more I really just um, really adore Nicholas. Yeah, he's I really such
2: do. A, a sweet, loving person yes and very you know protective of everyone around him mm-hmm. and he has his reasons too but yeah i i he is really a great character
1: he is and, and karen said she didn't think nicholas did anything with the drink and betty also noted that nicholas is doing a really good job of keeping acacia sane and calm in the midst of the current events mm-hmm. and she loves nicholas we do too, but we won't tell. We won't tell Paul, Betty. We won't yeah. tell Paul. Um, so she um, nodded that she was up to it, and Nicholas proceeded to tell Acacia what the team found. She was correct. The man she, she saw was indeed Omar Zaid Hisrallah. The horror she felt asking if he was still there. Um, you know, she was terrified that he was still in the building, and Nicholas assured her that he had left. On his private plane to morocco he pried her fingers from the sheet um, and said to her that he owed her an apology for shouting at her and acacia accepted her apology he his apology nicholas told her that he thought she was leaving and of course that is why he was so upset and ...and really kind of lost his cool. Mr. Calm, Cool, and Collected lost his cool there. And Acacia said that she was trying to escape from her father. And Nicholas told her that the next time she should tell him. Acacia said that there was not going to be a next time... ...because she never wanted to be that close to her father again. Nicholas then gazed at her eyes and lowered them to the necklace. And he noted that she wasn't wearing them at the meeting... She said no as she reached up to the beads, her hands up pendant swinging from her wrist. He asked her if she had stopped to take her gift with her. Um, I know. Of course. of course she did because she loves him even exactly. though she hasn't really accepted the fact that she loves him. She's afraid of it, but she does. It's so apparent and he is adoring her. It's so beautiful. Absolutely. I love them
2: absolutely so akasi is you know she's feeling self-conscious and stuff so she's decided to change the subject and asked mm-hmm. if he was able to reschedule uh, schedule his meeting and he shook his head now and akasi was kind of was sorry for that and asked if she was any to get a, any able reliable information and he pretty much told her Shrugged his shoulders, saying no, and that they had only just begun the, their talk. And she was she was a little, you know, self conscious about that. And uh, and Nicholas couldn't hide his disappointment, even if he mm-hmm. wanted to. He says, you know, like you gave up your chance to find your family's painting because Kurt told you I was leaving. And well, he didn't answer. His face gave away his answer. And she apologized, I'm sorry. So then Nicholas suggested when she's feeling better, he would like to hear how a Brazilian concierge ended up related to a Jordanian arms dealer. And she leaned back against the pillows and, and she knew that there was some conflict in, in Nicholas. And he was upset, but there was a sense of censure in his voice too. Uh, she didn't like things hanging over them, neither did he and fine she said and decided to start telling her story
1: and actually um, Betty had mentioned that she doubted Luke would have been able to stay calm um, if he were in the same situation that Nicholas had been in Mm -hmm. and she also said uh, by Nicholas admitting losing her as his weakness it just proves how much he cares for Cassia right very true
2: so so she begins her story she said it was a simple story her mother was brazilian her father was jordanian and they married and her mother converted to Islam. and she was born in jordan uh nicholas asked if acacia santos was her real name and she said no it was hanin or yearning in arabic and mm. she liked the way he said her name and he said it in arabic you know we what it was. So, you know, that there's that dynamic of learning about each other going on there to a a little bit. Mm -hmm. And she looked down at the sheets because Nicholas had told her that her name suited her. And she knew that Nicholas was from an old and prominent European Jewish family. And she worried about that fact because she was Muslim and but he didn't seem to be troubled by that. So we asked SR, um, how and why did you select the name Hanan? And again, he repeated that it, nickel, it means longing in Arabic. And he said he thinks a reader suggested it as a name, and it reminded me of the Brazilian word. And I'm going to terribly mispronounce this, and I apologize. um which also translates into longing. Uh, He had had a long conversation with some Brazilian readers about what it was like to be away from Brazil and to miss home. And the SAUDAD is the, their experience. Uh, This was a way of incorporating some of of those ideas.
1: Oh, I love that. I just love, I loved that. Was the reason how I, I I was so happy he responded to that question because I was really curious.
2: So yeah, that I was. I joking. thought that
1: was, I what? thought it was really good. And and Betty's saying that Cassia's story really moved her, mm-hmm. and that she's finally opening up here, and that love is love. Is love. Mm-hmm.
2: And you know, Yay. She's Yay showing love. that she trusts him too, and that and that's, the, to him her opening up to him like that is is mm-hmm. like amazing. Um. You know so she had said that she had lived in Amman Jordan until she was about 10 years old and her mother then took her and they fled she and she hasn't seen her father since uh, so Nicholas was curious as how she recognized him and and she said she knew what he looked like but he also had this um, signet ring that he would wear and so she recognized that as well um, so she, he was. Uh, he urged her to continue. So, uh, why the why fleeing to from Jordan to Brazil, and she agreed to that. And she asked why she was. He asked why she was afraid of him, and she lifted her hair and exposed her scar. Now, if you remember last chapter when they were in the bathtub, she showed him her scar as well. Um, that's reason enough. Uh, he told her was there more. So Ghazia hmm. told him about walking home from school when she was 15 and she was grabbed by a man speaking Arabic and he, he had been sent to kidnap her. Nicholas asked her what happened and she said they were living in Rio and she had had enough martial arts training that she was able to get away. Uh, he, he hadn't expected her to fight back. So Nicholas is kind of chuckling at this, and I think, you know, me, I have this stupid Irish sensibility where you find humor in everything, even in the worst times, mm-hmm. and uh, I would have been chuckling, too. Uh, <laughs> that this, She said that, um, you know, he, he, he was just saying to her that it, that it was sort of an absurd situation, a 15-year-old. Fighting off a grown man, uh, but she and her mother had to leave everything in Rio, and then they went off to Recife, changing identities again. But it wasn't the worst. And I know he he had paid off she or her mother had paid off a Brazilian official, and to change everything, so
1: you know they couldn't make right, right. Back. And Betty had mentioned that her dad is something special. No wonder Acacia is scared of him. Mm-hmm. And she also had made an earlier comment about she would trust Nicholas, too, especially after he's protecting her mom. Yes. And uh, and again, when we were discussing the, uh, the, the use of the name and why he chose uh, the name, um, Betty commented, the boss is a genius. So much research goes into the names and everything that makes up his novel. And I completely agree with
2: yeah, you. Yeah, and I also think he spoke with Andy. And and Samia, Mm -hmm. I mean, both have Brazilian backgrounds and both don't live in Brazil anymore. You know, I think Andy's out in Seattle, Washington, and Samia is in Beirut, Lebanon. So, Mm -hmm. you know, he could definitely get a sense of what that was like, the feeling of the loss between them. Absolutely. So I have a feeling they played a large part in creating Acacia for him. And I'm sure another Brazilian readers were involved in it as well. So
1: oh sure absolutely, and you know Betty uh, also commented about with uh, Acacia fighting them off at fifteen. She said this is a good reminder why it's important for women to learn self defense maneuvers. I need to learn a few tricks as well. I agree, Betty. Um, I I had a very small when I was with the when I was a Girl Scout troop leader. Um, <laughs> yes, you can start laughing, ladies. Um, I Turtles, um, actually Scout, <laughs> we we did we did a little bit of self-defense at an event we went to, and I just uh, I found it very um, it was very informative and empowering. But I would like to have a brush up for sure. And yes, uh, Andy and Samia are muses, definitely. Mm-hmm. And KK said he makes sure it's right and honors the culture. Yes. So true. That's so true. I'm, I'm giving you a heart for that one. KK cannot agree more. So, um, you know, when Nikasi said that wasn't the worst of it, Nicholas asked what it was. And he, she mentioned her father actually so, had sold the bomb making materials to the people who bombed Damascus in 1986. They killed civilians. and. Nick, Nicholas was surprised it was not in the dossier that had been provided to him. He had a dossier? Nicholas said that had when, that when, when reached out to some allies and got the information. Um, in, the, in the information, it noted he was a wealthy Jordanian businessman. He traveled a lot doing business in the Near East and Northern Africa. While generally considered an arms dealer, there had not been a connection to any terror attacks or incursions. And Acacia told him to look at the March 1986 attacks um, and that he admitted to her mother, along with supplying the materials um, to the April attacks as well. Nicholas then narrowed his eyes, saying that if she were 10 in 1986, then she was not 35, and Acacia, <laughs> he could do his, he, He's a he's a business school grad. He could do the math. Yeah, uh, Acacia told him they did not know of the bombings until much later, just before she had turned ten. But by that time, he was selling arms all over the region, and he had kept it from them. But her mother had found out. And we actually asked uh, asked Sr. about why he used this. Um, in the book, and he said he had mentioned the Damascus bombings because using actual historic events, um, they were incredibly destructive. And I know, Pam, you had a little research on the Damascus bombings. I just did a little quick search on them, and there
2: were two in particular. One that happened in March. It was a truck bomb that was detonated under a bridge in a suburb of Damascus that killed 60 people and injured more than 100. And a month later, mm-hmm. there was another one that had 144 were killed. And there was a series of five bombings that went across Syria, including Damascus. It was um, it was considered, they considered it a terrorist attack because uh, they were trying to destabilize the Syrian government under Hafez al-Assad. Uh, so that there were a lot of links to suspected people and they think most of them came from Iraq. They were they were talking about the, um, the group that called themselves the 17 October Group for the Liberation mm-hmm. of the Syrian People. Um, I know that the BBC had reported on it a, uh, again in 2008 and most of them were believed to be pro-Iraqi militants uh, that were responsible. So, yeah. I, that's a lot of a lot of lost lives on that.
1: So. It's really, really, I you know, I and I think the horrific fact of the bombings I think made it um, a very tangible, um, easily recognizable event that SR could include in the books, um, kind of making it uh, something that you can you can actually visualize. Um, yeah. So, uh, Betty said, All I know is in case of an attack, she needs to bite and scratch. That's right, Betty. Mm-hmm. And uh, she noted her Akasi's father is really bad. He reminded her of the film Lord of War with Nicolas Cage. I have not seen that, but see that just one. the title alone makes me think I could understand uh, where you're coming from. Yeah, and it kind uh, of what do you? Me of... Did you see it? What? what?
2: Um, that uh, Jack Ryan uh, series that was on Amazon that had mm. Jack John Kazerinsky
1: yes and I want to watch that I didn't see it, it I was, heard it, it was really good it
2: was really good and they had the, there was a uh, woman female character an Arabic woman with her children and she was trying to get her sons and daughter out and one of them stayed back with the father but um, you know, just the, the whole paying people off to just leave and mm-hmm. hiding in, in, in these mass migrations of people. And, I'm um, you know, not necessarily that Acacia and her mother hid, but it just rem- reminded me so much of that scene from that series. That's
1: good. That's mm. another one I want to check out definitely Mm -hmm. um when uh nicholas was asking about acacia's age uh betty said she felt like shushing nicholas and just telling him to stay quiet age is irrelevant if anyone asks acacia is still 29 i (laughs) I love that
2: as i keep telling the seven-year-old i'm only 36
1: that's right that's right (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or would, the other
2: one I would do um, was celebrate certain anniversaries from a birthday. So yes. this one would be. No, 42, 42nd anniversary of the last when I stopped counting.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh, you were hilarious. <laughs> and I would yes, say it just well... like that. <laughs> Well, I think age is irrelevant anyway. But um, yes, Betty, a a woman never reveals her age. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I do. I'm happy. I I, I think every year is a a true gift. And if I can make it another year, another day, it's a blessing. So (laughs) Both of my um, grandmothers
2: uh, were 29.
1: I love it. I love it, just like Jack Benny. Or he was 39. Was he 39 or 29? I thought he was 39. I think
2: he was 39,
1: yeah. Yeah, that's because he's a dude. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) If you can think of Jack Benny as a dude. And Kenzie, look, Google Jack Benny, because I doubt doubt that you know who Jack Benny is. Um, Because he was way before my time, but I just Uh knew pop culture references to him. There you go. Yay! Hey, buddies! she'll finally turn 26 this year. Excellent. I love it. I love car. it. <laughs> uh, yes, you can run a car. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so one other film that was referenced, Betty's uh, noted, The Night Manager, is yeah. also about arms dealers and Tom Hiddleston's in it.
2: Yeah, that was, um, a, that was a good series on Netflix.
1: I know. That's another one that I need. There's so many series, so little time.
2: I'm not sure the night manager is so, still on Netflix at the moment, though, because I tried to get it for Phil. I thought he would like. It.
1: I remember you mentioned it, and we looked before. Hopefully, it'll come back. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, does. So we're, you know, we're talking with Nicholas and Acacia, and Acacia had said that they had fled to Rio, adopted new identities and birth dates, um, and she did fess up that she was actually 37. Um, instead of uh, what she had told him, Uh, she then asked where her mother was. And Nicholas said Manaus, she was in the safe house in the care of a former CIA agent, and that he could speak to her again tomorrow. He he then told her in the dossier, it was recorded that she and her mother were dead. Um, She asked how good was his intelligence, and he noted he had friends in America and uh, <laughs> Betty says37 is the new 29, right? In <laughs> said she'll be 22 Betty, 22 Betty this year. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, so this, uh, this news about the friends in America alarmed Acasia. She said, "You don't you didn't give them our names, did you? And Nicholas assured her that he, he certainly had not but that the Americans were glad for his report because they had been tracking her father for some time. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Betty, you're cracking me up.
2: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, they... uh, (laughs) Poor Betty. (laughs) Whatever is the new 26, and my father's Karen. I love it. Yeah. Uh, so, 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 go
1: ahead. Acacia um, was fretting, her hand in her hair rocking back and forth. She is stressed out beyond belief now. Um, as the only Acacia can get worked up when it deals with her father. Nicholas covered her hands and asked her to stop. He did not want her to hurt herself, and she allowed him to stop her. Once again, Nicholas is calming her down. Yes, you've run amok. (laughs) We have run amok in the chat room. I love it. Um, He did not want her to hurt herself, and he was very concerned. And luckily, she was calming down. And Nicholas stated, "This CIA, or Acosta had said, the CIA had her mother. And he said, no, uh, indeed, Uh, Nicholas indeed had her mother, The ex-CIA member and his team were simply the ones on the ground. She was worried that her father would find her, and she reassured her that the extraction of her mother was done quietly and quickly. He said the death certificates were in the dossier, and anyone looking would think that they had died years ago. Her father must have reported them dead.
2: I wonder how much of a ruse that was her father did. I know. You know? It you just,
1: never uh, know. You know. You can't trust. You can't trust him.
2: You can't. Not at all. mm
1: mm-hmm.
2: But Nicholas said that the certificates looked official. Uh, the new identities were solid, and his best people, when they investigated her to begin with, said that there was nothing like any of this was in her a hint, even a hint in her background. And Acacia told him that her mother had bribed a government official in Rio. She had cut ties with her friends and family in Minas Gerais before they had fled Jordan. Her fingerprints had not been linked to her identity because when they left, she was just too young to be fingerprinted. And when they left Rio for Recife, her mother bribed the same official. Nicholas said it had been confusing for her growing up. And what she found confusing Cassia found confusing about it was the hatred. He told her that she lied to him and he was sad. And she pulled the sheets back, swung the legs to the floor, saying she lied to everyone. Just like he lied to everyone at the Vitois. As he watched her, uh, knowing that we are telling the truth to each other now, was there anything else she should know? He should know. Acacia told him that her mother had found weapons in the apartment in Amman, and when she confronted her father, he became violent, uh, motioning to her scar. He had tried to protect her, she had tried to protect her, and he beat them both and threatened to kill them. Um, her mother bided their time and paid a man to smuggle them out of Jordan. Nicholas was getting mad now. He beat you? Ah, uh, you were ten years old, and he beat you. And Cassia said that she had the scar to prove it. And he's he's sort of like Jesus.
1: hmm He's mad. He is. I mean, mad. he is really really heated. Um, yeah, and you know, it's it's again, it shows the depth of his feelings for her.
2: Depths of and and also the the barbarity of her father.
1: hmm truly
2: completely barbaric
1: yes betty and this is another good reminder as betty notes that domestic violence is not acceptable right
2: um so there she said that acacia told him that if he found her there would be so many ties from her to her mother be money transfers emails phone calls and that all could be could trace to each other and Nicholas reminded her that if he recognized her after all this time uh, he but she couldn't risk it and Nicholas moved closer to her and when she didn't pull away he put his fingers in, in her hair and regarded the scar and uh, he had dealt with arms dealers before so he wasn't afraid of her father uh, he suggested she suggested that he should be But he reminded her of the characters he had dealt with in the art world and all over the world. And the question was, what do you want me to do with him? So Kasia came out, just protect my mother. And she hadn't even taken the time to think about it. He assured her that her mother would be safe in the safe house until they assessed the threat. And he had ordered intelligence on her father and his people. And we will see what we find out. What did she want him to do? She hesitated, and he asked again. And she was just came. She was worried that she would need a new identity. He asked her if she wanted to keep running, and she said no, but she had no choice. And he said, Nicholas said that if that's what you wanted to do, he could secure the identity and everything for her but wouldn't you rather stand your ground keep the life that you have worked so hard to build i mean you know all her schooling mm-hmm. and her art history and i mean all that i mean even when put people in witness protection programs you don't have the same identity right you your
1: credentials be. your your past work that's all um, your past training is evaporates and um I, I think Betty had m- mentioned that during the story when Acacia told Nicholas um, that she recognized her father, part of Betty worried if he had seen her as well, and I, mm-hmm. Betty had the same inclination on that. And uh, Betty also commented that Nicholas is a protector. It reminds like her really- of Willie. And that's definitely... Mm-hmm. I You know, again, and I love... I, I mean, that's a theme throughout... SR's books too. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, there are definitely, and it's not, it's just not, it's not just the male characters protecting the women characters. It's also the women protecting Protecting. the men,
3: Yeah.
1: you know, and it's, I, I love, I love that. Um, I love the strength of the characters, um, that SR's shared with us. So, you know, Nicholas puts it out there. About, wouldn't you rather stand your ground? And Cassia said she may not have that luxury. She looked at Nicholas, eating, and says, Whatever happens with us, please keep my secret. Cautiously, he asked if she were anticipating parting ways with him. And she ducked her head, saying that her father is a terrorist and I have lied to you. And Nicholas, you know, this. I think this is where the rubber re- meets the road, right? Yeah. She's like, this is the fess up because she messed up, but she really didn't have a choice. Mm-hmm. She knew that she had lied to him. And not only had she lied to him, that she withheld information, and the fact that her father's a terrorist mm-hmm. and she lied to him was pretty serious stuff. Um, you know, she couldn't even really look. Him in the eye when she said that. And Nicholas, again, being the calming force, asked if she had lied in bed. Did you lie when she said she cared for him, um, that they would be monogamous lovers as well as friends? And she said, No, no, of course not. Did she lie when she said that Nicholas had a noble soul? And she said that his soul was noble. And he asked if she thought he would send her away because of her parents. And Acacia told him that she lied to him about who she was, a Jordanian Brazilian Muslim. She shook he shook his head and he said, you think I would stop caring for you because you're a Muslim? And while Muslims and Jews have their differences, they're not natural enemies. And you can hear him, you know, rationalizing this to Acacia, and, you know, while, while, you know, many parts of the world, Muslims and Jews, live in peace. And he says, you know that. And he also said she knew that he was not a racist. Nicholas also told her that she knew he was Jewish probably from the first moment Madame Bishop gave her his name. Of course, she knew the Cassarers were a famous Jewish family from Germany. So, you know, she was aware of his heritage He wasn't truly aware of hers until now, but it didn't seem to mean a difference to him. Um, His religion was not a barrier to her affections, and he's clearly stated that. Mm -hmm. Acacia told him that she did not choose her lovers on the religion, but on the content of their character, and Nicholas told her that they were the same. Don't you see? We have our differences, but we share the same ideals. Acacia, if a woman who had been beaten by her husband had gone to him asking for a new identity, he would have done anything and everything in his power to help. And he said, of course, that your mother gave you a new identity. She was protecting you. So, you know, here Nicholas is saying, look, what you've gone through is horrible. And I understand why your mother changed the identity. This was for your safety. He's not blaming her. For lying to him. You know, he's he's absolving her of that. And Acacia covered her mouth with both hands, years of emotions flooding her. The strain of so many secrets finally gave way. And Nicholas wrapped her up in his arms before the first tear. Oh, I know. What a chapter. What a chapter. Oh, my gosh.
2: So many revelations.
1: Oh, this was like, yeah christmas in february lots of presents of knowledge here yes yes
2: so so betty felt that raven kind of went through this (laughs) and her life changed in the roman
1: yes Yes. absolutely (laughs) (laughs) when they were
2: discussing this part part of me was thinking oh my god they're going to interracial babies
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes they'd be beautiful
1: babies at that that's oh. true
2: I, I have love a, it i i worked with a, a guy uh how that he was he's a muslim he's from turkey mm-hmm. and he married uh a, a woman from chappaqua new york because her mother was a good friend of my aunt's and uh her kids are gorgeous and you know it, it 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 works i mean i i understand the the sometime discrimination on religion uh, mm-hmm. i kind of grew up with that around me you're irish catholic you're supposed to be marrying an irish catholic oh yeah and you know, I I had two friends who went through this at their wedding. She was first generation Irish. Her father and mother both came from Ireland and she married uh, uh, her high school sweetheart, who was first generation Italian. Both his parents were from Italy. Oh, wow. It was the wedding.
1: Big doings.
2: Huge. Irish on one side, Italian on the other side, and very little in between.
3: <laughs> it was an
2: interesting wedding. But, um, you know, I, I, I appreciate the way SR approaches the discrimination factor and the way he mm-hmm. writes about it. Um, you know, there is so much hatred in the world, and there are so many people you know, I uh, so much with discrimination, whether it be black, white, Hispanic, Jewish, Catholic, Protestant, Muslim, Zoroastrian, Hindu, <laughs> and but there's just so much of that, and it's just, it's it's sad. It's really sad because there's so many interesting people in the world, and if you open yourself up to everybody. You learn so much. And, right. And, you know, it, it, it amazes me that I know it happens. I, I live near it very much where uh, in my family. So, uh, yeah, he, I, I can't speak as eloquently as SR does about all these differences. So it's... Uh, he does.
1: You're so right, though, Annette. He, SR writes about these differences so eloquently and honestly. Honestly, With yeah. honesty. And uh, Betty had actually said earlier, too, that um, this novel is perfect for these difficult times. Mm-hmm. And uh, no also noted that the Nicholas and Akasi's babies would be so smart speaking English, French, Portuguese, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. so it's 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 beautiful. I mean, that's really, I think um, the essence of appreciating. Uh, people's heritages Mm -hmm. and as Betty said we need to embrace our differences Kenzie completely agrees Mm -hmm. and um it's it's just uh it's another beautiful component of SR's writing and the fact that he was writing on these themes of uh of intercultural appreciation and and of love exactly it's, it's
2: also teaching moments from us which is something he's very good at doing um, mm-hmm. in any of his books i mean you, there's always major component differences with his characters there's some flaw of one sort of another and mm-hmm. he writes about acceptance and you know loving each other despite our flaws which right. is
1: and 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 judging people by the character, that
2: character, and that's why I love teasing with him on Twitter so
1: much. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 Annette said, "Don't you feel like he just writes how he was taught growing up, that he was oh. taught to love a person for who they are inside and not outside?" Yes. yes, definitely. I agree. Or he was raised in an atmosphere that was against that, and he. Rebelled. But I, I, my inclination, though, that I agree with you. Kenzie says she considers SR her life teacher. Betty says all religions are founded with the belief of doing acts of kindness towards others. There's, I, That's one thing, too, I like SR pointing out, um, celebrating the differences between the cultures and among the cultures, but also uh, pointing out the universality of many of the facets mm-hmm. of uh, all religions and of nationalities, you know, Um, We have so much commonality in and among humanity. Mm -hmm. So, um, yes, Kenzie, I I consider SR um, is like the ultimate professor, right? (laughs) Because he does have these didactic moments where he's just teaching through his uh, his work and his reading and and his his words. And it's great.
2: Some of it is his Canadian upbringing.
1: (laughs) As well,
2: and I don't—I yeah. don't mean that in a derisive way. I—I um, I know my husband grew up in Canada. He was a U.S. born in the U.S. and mm-hmm. what have you, but lived for a good number of years. All of I love his elementary it. school education and high school was done in in Toronto, and um, there's just a completely different component in in teaching and learning that we don't mm-hmm. have here that at, at least some of us did not have here i shouldn't i should generalize about everybody and you know so i think i think that's part of it with him mm-hmm. um but i i also truly believe he's just a genuinely open person to learning and discovery so
1: that's true and betty asked if we should call him father reynard <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> well kk you think he
2: happens to be um someone of the clergy
1: yes yes possibly
2: possible and
1: uh kenzie said toronto is very full of different cultures and celebrates it mm-hmm. so she thinks it's the big part of himself and uh as annette noted betty is on a roll as always and she said, there must be something good in the Canadian water. Maybe the maple syrup and bacon. <laughs> oh <laughs> Kenzie's my. not sure how that would go over with him, calling him Father Reynard. <laughs> I I, oh my you know, gosh. I have
2: a feeling he would uh, be self-depreciating on that.
1: Yes, and Karen said possibly he could be, possibly. So you never know. Yeah. He... Um, it's always possible, and Karen also has family in Toronto as well, so oh. you have a, an appreciation of the sensibility of the people who live there. Well, it's I know, and that bacon that's making me hungry. I had some
2: <laughs> breakfast today. Um, I had, oh, and maple syrup too.
1: Kenzie um. said it's in the air. I'm telling you, they are all attractive. <laughs> I have a feeling Kenzie's going to end up applying to study at the University of Toronto. I would, Kenzie. It's Kenzie, a beautiful.
2: It's go beautiful, for
1: it. Uh, you,
2: you know, university, beautiful campus. Mm-hmm. KK
1: said she thinks he's an educator. Betty says he already passes the piece on Sundays, Father Reynard to the rescue. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh for us or if you can only hope he, hear what I hope we he were to this podcast <laughs> oh gosh
2: yes he's a he's a i think he's a, just a genuinely humane mm-hmm. loving human being who uh, has is has dealt with some things and is now dealing with the honesty of the world and 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 embracing it and enjoying it
1: mm, very true uh, Annette said, I'm with you, Karen. I believe that he's an educator. I'd take any of his courses. Mm-hmm. And KK's encouraging Kenzie to try for the University of Toronto. She said, <laughs> SR told me to, but I'm not smart enough to get in, I think. And I'd be scared being completely alone in a different country. But she's been considering it. it Kenzie, gets... if you can try it. You can try it. You can always you can always, always learn and make around. friends. Um, especially if you're going into a new school setting, they have teams of people who work with you so you can be um, be able to uh, meet others and adjust to a new environment. That's right. Uh, yes, KK, we're going off the rails. Here we are. <laughs> <laughs> and I know it's 6.12, so we are a little past our hour time. but <laughs>
2: Kenzie, I think um, you would do very well there. I really do.
1: Yes, absolutely.
2: And you know it's worth
1: it's worth a try.
2: And he's been on my mind a lot. Do you know how many cars from Ontario I have Mm -hmm. seen in the past Mm -hmm. two weeks around here?
3: Yeah. I know that
2: there are a lot of Canadian students up at Saint Joe's. So Mm -hmm. you know, you never know.
1: I love it that Betty said if he asks, she's gonna deny everything. (laughs) Betty, the proof is in the recording, my friend. Uh, <laughs> and in the chat room, um, Annette says they're Canadians. Other than saying A a lot, they are just like us. Absolutely. Agreed. Absolutely. And Betty says you can do anything you set your mind into, Kenzie. And Annette also is saying, Go for it, Kenzie. We are all supportive of you, Kenzie. And if you I, wanna start, if you wanna start in the States, if you wanna start at a school near you. You can do that, and then you can try and transfer up or mm-hmm. go to graduate school there. Um, or just you know go there uh, and uh, explore. But you have a lot of good uh, opportunities. You're very yeah. young and you have a lot of uh, chances in front of you. so and, and we're all supporting you. Mm-hmm. Yes, so, <laughs> Betty. Yeah.
2: I just read your tweet, Kenzie. I uh, said, everyone in the chat is telling me to go to U of T right now. Maybe it's a calling. And <laughs> SR wants to know what program are you looking at? So I love it. There you I go. I love it.
1: You got a friend in Toronto already, Kenzie. And she said, this gentleman rolled down his window to ask if he could get over in front of me. I kindly said yes. Then I saw his license plate and said, Canada, they really are nicer there. They are. And she said, I might run into SR. You never know.
2: I still say he was at the support. restaurant I was in.
1: <laughs> I know, I know. I cannot wait to go up there. <laughs> Just a thought. I, I can't believe we're actually going to Toronto this year. Um, I know, I know. I, it's I, it hasn't really sunk in yet. Look out, uh, ladies. That's going to be some. That's going to be some podcast. That's going to be some fodder. Actually, we won't be, be fun, there. Yes. We won't be there for the podcast unless we do a special one from Toronto. Well, we may have to.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we may have to. <laughs>
1: Um yes, Betty says Canadians are the best.
2: Karen Kenzie, says go
1: for it Kenzie, you you're young and no regrets in trying. Never give she's, up Kenzie.
2: My my sister who is turned 61 a couple of weeks ago finally mm-hmm. got her degree last November. Mm-hmm. And it she's a nurse and she'd already had her associates and um she went back to school a couple of years ago and basically it was like one course at a time but she finally did it so it's possible for everyone so don't think you're behind you know
1: absolutely absolutely um kenzie uh, you know i can i can count many many friends of mine who went back to school And the other thing is, if school's not your thing, although I think it seems like you're interested in that, so it seems like it is your thing, um, there's so many other opportunities to learn trades and skills and different types of jobs. But for school, one of my dearest friends um, quit her job, went to school in her mid-30s, moved on on campus in dorms. Now, mind you, she'd been a working professional, had a car, had an apartment, quit every, sold everything, and went to school, and, and got her associate's degree at the local community college. Mm-hmm. Um, then got a scholarship actually because she did so well in local um, at the local community college. She got a scholarship to attend Elizabethtown College. Um, did well there, undergraduate in history, and then got a scholarship to study uh, museum studies at the premier um, museum studies program in the United States, which is the Cooperstown program, which is part of the State University System of New York. Mm -hmm. So all of this happened, and you know, Kenzie, you're 21, I believe, if I'm remembering my our discussions, you're 21 or 20, I think 22, right? You just turned 22. So, you, I mean, you have time. You, you have can do time. It. You can. And you can do it. So, yeah, it's, uh, there are possibilities. And as Karen says, don't let fear hold you back. True. And here's the other thing you can try it. And if you don't like it, change then do something else
2: you know
1: you're not it's not life or death and 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 she's 22 in April that's right I thought you were 21 because you are a month apart from my youngest so Kenzie I know exactly I I I get you because my daughter is the same age as you so I I I have a sense of where you're at in your life so and it's, it's okay to be scared because Absolutely. it's it's unknown but Absolutely. yes that's one of the nice things about this community though right we're very supportive of each other that's true and um and
2: to give you a little more encouragement my sister is looking to apply to local law schools because she wants to get into um healthcare law and at wow 61, that's phenomenal yeah yeah so you can
1: do it. And, and I know this goes, and and it goes, uh, Karen said, Kenzie, that's been my biggest regret. And Kenzie says, you can still go, Karen. My aunt that is 50 is going to college. Um, and true, uh, true, KK, I have a friend who went a little bit. He took some college classes. Um, I think he may have had a really good time in college and maybe, um, was asked to leave at one point. I'm not sure, but he actually, um, yeah, I I can't remember exactly what happened, but he never uh, finished his program, his course of study. And he just started going back. He turned 50. We celebrated his 50th birthday, um, in December and he just went back to college. Um, and in fact, he's working at Starbucks and he's taking advantage of Starbucks online program so Kenzie that's another
2: another option for
1: opportunity you. if you do a full-time gig at star I, I don't even think it has to be full-time check that out because it's an online program so through Arizona State but he is going to college for free thanks to Starbucks
2: yeah and they're very so, good about that um yeah and yeah, yeah. And you can't you can't let fear rule your life I've uh I I learned that the hard way, and at 22, I swallowed my pride, and I moved away from home the first time, and I went far away. I went to Colorado, and mm. it was scary as hell, but and I, I didn't stay there forever. I kind of missed the ocean and my family on the East Coast, so I came back, but I ended up moving to New York a year later, and I was there for... 40, 40 some years so mm. and you make changes life sometimes throws you a bunch of lemons you make changes and you go on from there and uh, <laughs> you make the best of what you got
1: that's the truth that is. i know it's been challenging but you gotta just uh, try to keep going mm-hmm. and you yeah, as karen karen says you also get a free pound of coffee a month which is i believe true i know they get coffee Mm -hmm. and um that's always a good thing that is a good thing but (laughs) as kenzie says coffee is life yes so and anyway we're happy we make your life better that's what it's all about that's what our community is trying to be very very supportive and um even when things have been challenging, I know all of us have had challenges and it's been scary and it's been hard. But continue to reach out because you are not alone and that's we can true. all help each other out. We can learn from each other as well. So,
2: we're only a tweet away.
1: <laughs> yes. It's
2: true. Private message. It is a tr- I.
1: Remember. That's right. So. Absolutely right
2: anyway so uh, i know that we're getting into a a way over time so i just want to um say that you know we're always here and next week we'll be back and we'll be celebrating our one year anniversary yes Um, yes 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 (laughs) and uh, it should be uh hopefully a lot of fun and there will be vodka and some sexy bartenders <laughs> probably and uh, we'll go from
1: there yes yes we'll have you'll you'll enjoy you shall enjoy the show we will have some uh, some fun things happening then and then the week after uh, we will oh my gosh March can you believe it ladies I, I cannot um, we will uh, resume and talk about chapter 41
2: and Karen's so, going to bring food there we go
1: that sounds great, KK. Sounds good. It's always it's always good when you're uh, when you're cooking. Um, thanks so much for joining us tonight, ladies. Um, wishing you all a very very lovely week. Stay stay warm, stay safe. Um, talk to you guys all online. Hopefully, I'll be on uh, Twitter and Facebook a little more than I have. But um, if, you know, if I'm not, just know I always think about you. And, um, I'm always, and I'm, I'm, I'm always thankful there. for you. And Pam is always there. So even so, if I'm not there, Pam fills me in. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> so,
3: I'm gonna and leave I appreciate everybody, you for it, Pam.
2: Thank you. And I am going to leave everybody with a little Carly Simon tonight, a little anticipation. So have a good night, a good week, and we'll talk then. See you on the radio.